You see the drop top, stop playing with me. You see the drop top, stop playing with me. She says you won't let the waves splash down on me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to get to 1,000 subscribers, so anything will definitely help. But here's where we'll start. So we're game two. Tonight should be game. Well, no, tomorrow, which is Sunday, should be game three of the NBA Finals. And two games in, you're kind of starting this. You're kind of getting the feel of how this series one is going and how it could go. So the Suns are up 2-0. Now, you can look at this two ways. You can look at this as A. They were home court. They handled home, they handled business. You, you did what you're supposed to do. You know, the Suns, when when you when you're home, you know, the home court really only matters for for role players or secondary players, I guess, whatever you want to call them. Because if you're a star, you play good. You you're supposed to play good wherever you play. Um, Chris Paul, he plays well wherever he plays. Devin Booker this this season has played well wherever he played. Home court advantage really play really is for the 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 role players. Role players tend to shoot better when they're away. I mean, when they're home. So you can look at it as okay. So Mikael Bridges has played incredible. Um, Cam Johnson has played good. Cameron Payne has continued to play well. DeAndre Ayton, who he's kind of getting out of that role, I mean, that that role player status and coming into a star this this uh, this postseason. He's played well or played a lot better at home than he has away, even though he's played well wherever he went, really. So you can look at this series as, okay, Suns are only up 2-0. They haven't really, except for the first game, they haven't really blown anybody out. And the end, the end score from the first game is a lot closer than it really should, like it really was. But in order to, you, you have to look deeper when you're looking into this series. First and foremost, I don't know how many times I have to say this, but there should be no reason why. Let's just look at the Bucks. Let's look at the Bucks. There should be no reason why Giannis last game, game two, drops 42 points and like 17 rebounds or something like that. I think that's the first time. He scored, what, 20 points in a quarter? I think he he landed on the list with like Jordan and or Kobe or something like that. There should be no reason why. Giannis scores 42 points. And your next two best players, both of them, by the way, are Olympians this year which is Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, I think combined for, what, 29 points? I think Drew Holiday had like 11 and Chris Middleton had like 17, I believe. Here's the thing. I understand that they're not the best players. I understand that you're not the primary player. But, and here's, and and I've talked about this time and time and time and time again. Here is my problem with players like Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton has the same, Reminds me so much of Paul George because you never know, which, especially in the postseason. In the regular season, it doesn't really matter. Let me not say it doesn't matter. In the regular season, they're incredible. Chris Middleton is incredible in the regular season. You know, he, I mean, he's an Olympian for a reason. They just, they didn't call him just because they just need a, a spot to be filled. There should be no reason why one game he'll give you later on, later on this episode, I'm going to give my all NBA playoff team. You know how you give the All-NBA regular season. I'm going to give my three teams in the All-NBA playoffs. And spoiler alert, he's going to end up on this team, end up on one of these teams. And that is the problem. The problem is he's good enough to be considered a top player in this league. He has all the the attributes. He, he has the frame. He has the shooting ability. He has the dribble. He has the outside shot. He has the mid-range shot. He can draw fouls. Chris Middleton has the skill set to be a top player in this league. The thing that holds him back, the thing that holds Paul George back, the thing that holds players like, I don't know, 
like Anthony Davis back at times, is they are so inconsistent. You never know what you're going to get. Paul George had a historic run this postseason. Now, a lot of that can be due to the fact that Kawhi Leonard wasn't there, but a lot of that is while he did have an historic historic postseason, there were games where you're looking like, bro, what Paul George, bro, you're nine for 30. Like, come what are you doing? And then there's other games with Paul George has where it doesn't even look like he's engaged. Yeah, you look up, he has 20, 22 points. But it's just like, damn, when did he score 22? That's kind of what you're getting from Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is like, bro, that was the most, that was the quietest 17 points in game two I've ever seen in my life. And the and, 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 and here's the thing. It's not the fact that, it's not the fact that, you know, he, clearly he's not the best player on the team. That's Giannis. But they need him more than ever. This is the NBA Finals. This is when teams start to lock down. Your rotations are, are second. Like, I think the Suns right now are playing, what, six or seven players because of the injury to Dario Saric, which I hope he gets better. I mean, no. Well, I mean, he tore his ACL, so he's gone for the series. And as I'm recording this, the diagnosis of whatever, whatever happened to Torrey Craig, that hasn't come out yet, so I hope it's not, like, season-ending. But it didn't look good. So those are two pieces that those are two big pieces that they're missing. But it's like Chris Middleton, my guy, what are you doing, bro? And and the worst part about it, the worst part about it is players play they players are there are players stepping up for the the Bucks. Like Pat Connington. Pat Connington is playing well. I think that's about it. <laughs> that's about it. Brooke Lopez has been as inconsistent as inconsistent can be. Uh, Chris Middleton, my guy. Like, I don't know. And then we get to, ah, this hates, this hurts for me to say this because I'm one of the, I'm one of the people that drive the Drew Holiday as underrated um, bandwagon. I'm one of those people that I shout to the heavens Drew Holiday should get more respect. Drew Holiday should get more respect. <sighs> I don't know what it is. But Drew Holiday has played. I don't know if it's because he's never been in the situation. I don't know if it's because I don't know. But Drew Holiday has been horrible this entire postseason. He had a couple good games against uh, Brooklyn, and he had a couple big games against. Um, at, he had like one, one or two. He had two big games against Atlanta, and that's because Giannis wasn't there. But Chris, I mean, no, Drew Holiday has been awful. In fact, I think there was a stat that came out yesterday saying that Chris Middleton, if you put his number playoff numbers against. Uh, Eric Bledsoe's playoff numbers, they're damn near identical. Now, you should never, ever, ever be on a list with damn near identical numbers to Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs. That should never happen. In fact, the Bucks brought you in to be better than Eric Bledsoe because Eric Bledsoe, he, he was, oh, man. Eric Blesser was got. Eric Blesser ain't been good for a minute. Shouts out to, no, ain't no shouts out to Eric Blesser. You've been trash. Um, I hope I, I wish nothing from the best. I mean, he's everybody's in the NBA, so he's 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 better than me. <laughs> but Eric Bledsoe ha was garbage for the Bucks, and so has Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday has been bad. Now again, I have been championing Drew Holiday, saying you know, go Drew, go Drew. You know, most underrated player in the league. And hell, I mean, he was an All Defensive First Team. Uh, he's an Olympian, like I said. But it's just it's been it's been a slippery slope for the guy this se this series, man. And you know what's funny? I know I know again, there's only two two one I mean it's only two oh. Uh the next game is Sunday, I think at like eight o'clock. That's that's another thing before I keep going. The NBA look, bro, it's the NBA finals. I understand that the games that are in the West are at nine. I I kinda understand that. But why can't it be at eight? You telling me that people in Phoenix can't watch a, a five o'clock game? Clearly, they ain't got nothing to do. Like you telling me they they gotta watch a, a six o'clock game? 
You tell the Bucks. You tell why is the game? Why is why is there only one game this series that starts before nine o'clock? That doesn't make sense to me. The Bucks is in Wisconsin, Milwaukee. What are you doing? But moving, like I said, I understand that is the series is two zero, but it kind of feels you know it feels like. Of course, again, the Bucks can turn around and win both games uh, at home, and then it's it's two two. Uh, they can they can still win this entire series. I mean, you still the Bucks still have the best player on the floor, and that usually means something. That that that's you usually whoever has the best player on the floor. I'm not gonna say usually wins, but ha, you know they they win more times than not. Now, of course, you have seen some some cases uh, like. Like when Toronto, Toronto beat the 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 Golden State Warriors, while in my opinion Steph Curry was the best player on the floor. You still had Kawhi Leonard, and of course everybody named Mama for Golden State went down. Uh, but the Bucks still have the best player in this series, which is Giannis, and you kind of saw that in Game Two. I mean, Giannis dropped forty two points after damn near snapping his leg. Like a couple a couple weeks ago, I, I'm not. If you saw the injury, you know how gruesome it looked. So for this man to come back and drop 42 in game two and yelling at his teammates because like he needs help, it, it, you know, it's it's I don't know, man. And I'm not really here trying to bash the Bucks, but the Bucks are losing. The Bucks are doing this to themselves. The Bucks are doing to this like. What look at the two games the Bucks played. Look at look at the, the final two games they played against Atlanta. It seemed like they got it. It seemed like okay, we're the bigger team. Brooke Lopez, let me go down low. Giannis, let me stop shooting threes. Giannis airballs airballs free throws and thinks to himself, Let me shoot this three. I don't get it. Uh Drew Holiday's making shots. Um Chris Middleton's making shots. Look at the last two games against Atlanta. Now, granted, Giannis wasn't there, but it just seemed like they got it. It seemed like, all right, we're going to pound the paint. We're bigger than this team. They were bigger than Atlanta. They weren't faster than Atlanta, but you you weigh Atlanta down. You have Drew Holiday. You put him on Trey Young. Slow Trey Young down, even though he was injured as well. But Atlanta just fe- it just felt like the Bucks got it. The Bucks say, you know what, we're going to start with this shooting stuff. Let me let's just pack the paint. Let 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 Chris Middleton work. Chris Middleton went crazy those last two games. And then you get to this series. And the same thing that plagued them the fir- the first few games of every series they've been in, they're doing. They shoot too much, can't shoot to say that. I don't know what it is. I know that they they shot a lot in the regular season, but again, game 35 in the regular season is different from game 2 in the NBA finals. So they shoot like crazy and keep missing. Drew Holiday, I can't his his offensive game is nowhere to be found. Um Brooke Lopez, I guess that's the DeAndre Ayton effect. DeAndre Ayton is kind of neutralizing him, but Brooke Lopez has been god awful. PJ Tucker. Oversized Patrick Beverly. All this man do is complain, foul, and wear some nice shoes. I'm, you know, again, I feel like I'm going too hard at these people. I feel like I feel like I'm going hard, but this this is what we've seen. And again, the sun, the the Bucks can come around, turn around, and win this series. I mean, again, if you can look at it as all the Suns did was protect home court. First two games at home, they won both games. That's what they're supposed to do. But you can also look deeper and say, okay. Hmm. Even though Devin Booker had a big game too, he hasn't really been shooting well percentage-wise this series. Um, Chris Paul had six turnovers last last uh, game, game two. That's probably the most he's had this entire postseason combined. Torian Craig, I, I don't, I, I hope he's not out, but it looks like he might be out. Dario Sarge has torn it or, you know, tore his ACL, so he's definitely out. Um, right now you're losing because Mikael Bridges is going crazy. No, yeah, Miles, Miles, Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges is going crazy. 
And, of course, Chris Paul went crazy game one. Devin Booker went crazy game two. And honestly, man, the reason why I feel like this series is over, I'm not saying that the Suns are going to win in in four or anything. I still am going to stick to my prediction to saying the Suns are going to win in six. But the reason why I feel like this the series may be over is because Mike Budenholzer says some says something before the game that was that that was eye opening to me. You know how they have like the 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 video of whatever the the coaches are saying before the game to the to the team, uh, the little all access jump. This man Mike Budenholzer said, "Play random." Now, I don't know if you know this about basketball, but nothing good comes out of play random. And it's kind of hard to play random when you have a person, a, a team that's across the, looking at you across the street or across the court that has nothing but confidence they're playing like a complete team. It feels like whoever they bring off the bench is 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 contributing. And and they're firing on all cylinders. That's what I said before this series. I said one reason why the Suns are I believe the Suns are going to win 6 cuz they're rolling right now. They are all, they are firing on all cylinders. And this isn't one of those playoffs and this isn't one of those finals where you have one team that's hella experienced and another team that's fresh. No. The only person in both for both teams that's ever been to the finals is Jay Crowder. So both teams are pretty, pretty, pretty young when it comes to the, well, this is both teams first time. So when I heard Mike Budenholzer say play random. And then I saw game two when. They didn't look like they had a sensor. Now they did get up to a, a a pretty a pretty good start, but they they just looked like they were they were, they were just playing around. I mean, Giannis is doing one leg step backs like he's Dirk. He made a couple of them, but Drew Holiday can't. Bro, Drew Holiday did a floater in the paint in the shit. Oh, I'm sorry. And and the jump hit the backboard so hard that it damn near gave the NBA logo a concussion. Giannis shot a three that da- that damn near broke the backboard. PJ Tucker's just yelling. It's like that's what that's what play random looks like. You have a team that's playing random, then you have a team like the Suns that's executing everything to perfection. I know you're seeing the clip that's going around. They they had ten passes in twenty four seconds. They gave up like three no like four or five wide open threes to get the great the best shot, and that is a DeAndre Aiden layup. I believe that was an and one. You have a team playing efficient. You have a team playing like they want to be here. You have a team playing like they had they executed something and they're doing it. You have a team playing like this is all or nothing. Then you have a team that's playing random. And 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 just how great Giannis is. Uh, I mean, the Suns the Suns look like the better team, hands down. And I'm surprised at that. And and you can ask anybody. You can go back to old clips. It is what it is. But I predicted that the Bucks were gonna win the NBA Finals because they had. I felt they had all the pieces. You have the superstar. To me, you have the better supporting cat. I mean, like the 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 better you know role players. You add Chris Middleton. You have Drew Holiday. You have Brooke Lopez. You had PJ Tucker for his defense. I just felt they had the better team. And once they beat Brooklyn, I felt they they were going to win the play. They were going to win the finals until you're seeing what you're seeing out of when you saw them in the Atlanta series. They look lost as hell against Atlanta, by the way, the worst team that was. And don't get me wrong. Shout out to Atlanta. But they were the worst team in the playoffs remaining out of the, the final four. And then you see what the Suns are doing. That's why I had to go. You know, I think the Suns might win this. Because the Bucks are playing random, like their coach said, and the Suns are playing efficient, like Monty Williams said. But Monty Williams, before I move on, man, Monty Williams, it's a damn shame. 
that that man did not win coach of the year. Did you see how he was talking to DeAndre Ayton? You know, the thing to me that makes a coach a good coach is you're able to connect with all your players differently. When I played college basketball, shouts out to Coach, coach Derek Mitchell. The reason why I believe he was such a great coach is because he was able to connect with us differently. He he knew the players that he could yell at and like curse out because he knew that it got them going. Then he knew the players that he was like, "Hey yo, come on man," like like he 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 was able to talk to us differently. I'm not the type of person that responds well to yelling. I know that about myself. I'm not the type you if you curse me out, I'm gonna get upset. But I'm not the type to be like, "Oh yeah, that's gonna get me going." Like no, I'm like, "Bruh, nigga, I'm trying." You know what I mean? Like. I'm not the type that responds to coaching. I mean, that responds to getting cursed out like that. Like, that's just not me. And coach knew that. Coach knew, okay, I can get to Jalen. Hey, yo, come on, man. Pick it up. Pick it up. You're good. You're good. You know, hey, hey, let it go. I, I get hard on myself sometimes mid-game. Uh, I'd miss two two threes, and I'd be like, God damn, I got all that training and stuff, and I'm missing. Coach pulled me inside. Hey, hey. You know you can shoot. We know you can shoot. Just keep shooting. That's helped me. Uh, rest in peace. Rod or or Zell, they missed two shots. Coach cursing them the hell out. But then you look up and they have 30. Like A great coach knows how to connect with their players where they are. And you're seeing to me a master class in coaching in this series. It's It just feels like Mike Boonhoser is just getting just getting completely outclassed, outcoached by Monty Williams. And again, it's a it's a shame that it's a shame that we get no and now shouts out to, to Tibbs, shouts out to the Knicks for having an incredible season. But it's a shame that Coach Tom Thibodeau won the coach of the year over Mike. I mean uh, Monty Williams. And you see the clip of Monty Williams. You saw we see the clip of him. DeAndre Ayton is, is looking dejected. He's looking down. He's getting hard on himself. And Monty Williams knew exactly how to connect with him. Knew exactly what to say to him. And then this man came out and had like the best half of his life or the best quarter of his life. That's why that's one reason why I felt he should have been coached the air. It just look at this Suns team, man. The Suns team has not been the same since he's been coaching and again i understand that chris paul coming this year was 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 big for that but we remember the man they went eight no in the bubble now i understand that they they you know even them being eight no it didn't secure them when being in the playoffs last year but they went eight no in the bubble and they looked like a damn good team last year monty williams is an incredible incredible coach and it's just it sucks that he didn't win coach of the year however is looking like a master class in coaching in this in these finals. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So again, it's only two. It's only two zero. I know you can say it's only two zero, but and and it's always when the series is two zero. Game three is always the most important game of the series, and I say that because one, no team has ever come back from three zero in any series, and I even if. Of course, there's always, oh, there's always, there's always going to be one. Like nobody thought the 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 um, the Cleveland Cavaliers were going to come back, f- f- you know, against Golden State when they were down three one. This ain't that. <laughs> this this ain't that. Again, when you're down 2-0, three, you know, the the game three is the most important game. And I wholeheartedly expect the Bucks to win. I'm gonna say this: if the Bucks do not win game three, they're getting swept. I promise you that. They're getting swept. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure what the Bucks. I'm pretty sure Mike Budenholzer, I'm pretty sure that what the Bucks are thinking is what I'm saying. Okay, all they did was protect home court, which that's what you're supposed to do. But if they don't win, if they don't win game three, it's over with. It's over with. Over with, and again, shouts out to Devin Booker. He's been playing great. 
Shouts out to Chris Paul while he didn't have the best game uh, two. He's been playing great. Shouts out to Miles Bridges. He's been playing incredible. Uh, he he just had a career. I think it was twenty seven on game two. He had he had an incredible. He's had he's he's had an incredible playoffs. Honestly, man, he's he's really stepped up. And and the whole the whole Suns team. You know what it is? The whole Suns team has stepped up. There's there's one that every night. Of course, you have the two big or three big dogs. You have DeAndre and you have uh, Devin Booker and you have Chris Paul. But there's always somebody that you won't expect to have have like a, a big game or, or have big moments. Cameron Payne had what twenty something uh, against against the the um the Clippers. You know, Tory Craig was hitting some big threes like. There's always there's always somebody, man. So shouts out to the Suns. Shouts out to the Bucks for being there. I'm excited to see what happens game three. And uh yeah, man. Let's keep it moving. So like I said before, uh what the NBA likes to do is of course they have an all NBA team. And the all NBA team that who are the best pretty much fifteen players uh that we saw in the regular season. Um, this year, of course, you had Steph on the team. You had Nikola Jokic. Like, you know, the who are the 15? Because there's, there's three teams, All-NBA third, second, and first team. And who are the 15 best players that we've seen? So what I wanted to do is I wanted to give my All-NBA playoff teams. And these are, these are who are the top 15 players that were in the playoffs. Now, this isn't just going off name. This is going off what they did in the playoffs. This is going off how important they were to their team and did they have big moments. So these are my all NBA playoff teams. Let's start with team. Let's start with the third team. At point guard, I have Reggie Jackson. Now, Reggie Jackson was um, was one of the biggest reasons why the Clippers went as far as they did. Now, of course, you had Paul George and everything, but they were the they were a huge reason why a huge Reggie Jackson he that man was playing like Steph Curry bro like he was I know he had a career high uh at least percentage wise in three point three point makes I know he had a career high in three point attempted and um he was he was he was you know those games in Paul George were looking a little shaky. Reggie Jackson will come and hit a couple big threes and then, you know, get the get the momentum flowing. Like there was there was a time there was a a a a a real fear that the Clippers could beat the Suns and it was because Paul George and Reggie Jackson and Reggie Jackson was playing great. So for my point guard, I have Reggie Jackson. For my shooting guard, I have Donovan Mitchell. I understand that they lost to the Clippers, but Donovan Mitchell was playing out of his mind. Even with you, you can clearly see that he wasn't completely healthy with the ankle. But Donovan Mitchell, I mean, he had what? Didn't he have a fifty? He had a fifty. No, he had a couple forties, like a high forties, couple forty fives. Donovan Mitchell was playing great. And the thing, and this is why this is this is the biggest reason why I have him on the All Third Team is because. There are some teams, look at the Clippers. The Clippers have Paul George. They have Reggie Jackson. So when Kawhi Leonard goes out, you can still keep afloat because, again, you have Paul George, who could be a one in some places. You have Reggie Jackson, who, you know, was playing out of his mind. If Donovan Mitchell's not playing well, the, the 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 Utah Jazz have no chance, and and even what we saw this year, even when he did play well, there was a there was multiple games when he played incredible. It, like every time he shot the ball, it didn't even feel like it touched anything but the net. They still lost. So Donovan Mitchell, and that's why I always say, you know, people argue with me. Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, is is and will remain the most important player for the, the Utah Jazz because, as we saw, you can put Rudy Gobert played horrible, and I mean god-awful, this playoffs. And if it, if it wasn't for Donovan Mitchell, they wouldn't, to me, they wouldn't have gotten as far as they got, which I understand it's the second round. But, again, Donovan Mitchell was playing cr- crazy, so that's why I have him as shooting guard. Small four to have Chris Middleton. Now, I understand... It was hard for me to put Chris Middleton as well, but 
I can't forget what I saw Chris Middleton do those games against Brooklyn when KD's going crazy. KD's going out of his mind. And you look up and Chris Middleton also has 35 or 38 or something like that. I'm like, damn. Or or the, the games when Chris Middleton has like a 28, 29 point second half against the Hawks. Like, again, Chris Middleton, and, and again, I said it before, I'll say it again. Chris Middleton is one of the most infuriating players in the league because he has a skill set to be a number one. It's just he's so inconsistent. You can't make you can't put him at the number one spot, or you can't put him as a number one because you never know what you're gonna get. So, what we have gotten, you know, has been okay for some spots. So that's why I have Chris Middleton at uh, as my third uh, All NBA Playoff thirteen. Uh, power forward, I have LeBron James. I know, like, damn, LeBron James in this playoffs? Yes, yes, he was. <laughs> A lot of the reason why the Lakers did not advance as far as they did, one, because they ran into a better team, which was the Suns, and two, because of Anthony Davis. But that doesn't negate the fact that LeBron James was still playing great. I think he averaged like 25, 26 points, something like that. Um, LeBron James was LeBron James did his part. LeBron James did his part. It was maybe the coaching staff and the rotations. It was Anthony Davis being out. That is a lot, you know, and of course you're running into a buzzsaw that is the Phoenix Suns that now we look up and they're in the NBA Finals, up 2-0 in the NBA Finals at that. So, but LeBron James did what he was supposed to do. And to me, he was good enough to make it on the all-NBA all third team. So that's why I have LeBron James at the power forward position. And the center position, surprisingly, is Marcus Morris. Now, again, I'm one of those people, I guess you can call me an NBA conspiracy theorist. I don't know. But I know for damn sure that there was a couple games where Marcus was playing and there was a couple games that Markeith was playing. There should be no reason why this man looks, he gets fresher and fresher as the playoffs continue. And for some reason, his brother goes to every single game. Like, come on now, come on now. Um, look, I was born, I wasn't born yesterday, but I wasn't born today. Know that. So, but Marcus Morris was a huge piece for the Clippers. And the games where he did play good, you know, he he found, you know, he was killing for mid range, and he was hitting a lot of threes. Now, a lot of that also was the fact that he was taking a lot of threes. But Marcus Morris, and a lot of this is because, like I said, Kawhi Leonard going out, Kawhi Leonard going out, people have to step up, and if you don't step up, you're going to lose. And Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, two of those two, you know, both of them stepped up when they had to step up. So. Uh, my all NBA playoff third team is Reggie Jackson, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Chris Middleton, LeBron James, and Marcus Morris. For my second team, the point guard I have Trey Young. <sighs> yes, Trey Young went out with a bone bruise, and I think he missed what two games. Um, but what Trey Young did not only to the Bucks to force it to I believe six games. Um, but what he did to New York and the fact that, you know, Atlanta is a different, I mean, yeah, Atlanta is a, is a different team when Trey Young's on the floor, they're more energized. They're more exciting to watch you. To me, you had to put, you had to put Trey Young in this spot. Um, Trey Young has been incredible. And, uh, I, j you know, there was an episode I did when I questioned, is he a superstar now? And the way I categorize a superstar is you know exactly what you're going to get from a superstar night in, night out. Uh, you kind of throw away the inconsistency. And that's what we saw in it now, of course, at the end it didn't look good, but a lot of that was due to the injury and his mobility and his timing was off, seeing as though he missed a couple games uh, due to the bone bruise. But when he was at his best, he was he was going crazy. So um, I have Trey Young at the point guard position for my all NBA playoff second team shooting guard. I have Damian Lillard. The only reason why I had him on the second team is because he didn't make it out the first round. However, he did what he was supposed to do in that first round against Denver. It, it's just unfortunate when. You I mean, the man had what, 50 something points, like 55 points. And they lost the game. It's like Damian Lillard 
night in, I mean, continues year after year, even, even though they have lost, you know, what, four out of the five years in a row, they've lost in, or not in a row, but four out of the five years they've lost in the first round. It's not because Damian Lillard has played bad. It's either because someone's been hurt. It's either because um, they just know somebody didn't step up. The team didn't step up. Whatever it is, it's not because Damian Lillard's been bad. Um, and, again, Damian Lillard played incredible. Now, again, I, only, I understand it was uh, he only – which is the, the only reason why he's on the second team is because he didn't make it out the first round. But, yeah, man, he played incredible. And – I'm not going to fault him for that. So I'm not going to fault him. Well, let me say this. I'm not going to elevate him because he made out the first or he didn't make out the first round, but I'm not going to fault him as far as not putting him on this list because he didn't make out the first round. So that's why he's in the second team. Small four position. Now, this was tough, but the small four position, I'm doing KD. The reason why I'm doing KD is because he went crazy. And I mean absolutely crazy against the Bucks, especially the games where uh, Kyrie went down. And mm, that's tough, man. And I believe if it wasn't for a healthy Kyrie, if it wasn't for Kyrie going down and James Harden, you know, was hobbled, I think that we'd see the, the, the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA Finals. And I think we'd probably see them win the win the finals, honestly. And and the reason why people's like, you know, you know, KD this, KD that. Look here, bro. <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets were built around three players. They weren't built around one. It's different with the Bucks. The Bucks is built around a, the. No, let me say this. It's different than like the the Cleveland Cavalier uh, when they had LeBron James. That was built around one player. Yeah, you had Kyrie. Yeah, you had uh, Kevin Love, but it was built around one player, and that's LeBron James. The Brooklyn Nets were built around three players, which is KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. When one of them goes down, that just that that especially a uh, Kyrie that just throws everything uh you know astray. And when you have James Harden goes down, literally thirty seconds into the series. You know, it's like, what you going to do? But the only reason why KD is not in the first team is because it's because he didn't make it out. He didn't make it to the. Uh, there was players that I think was a little better than him, uh, even though he had an incredible, incredible run. And yeah, so that's why I have Kevin Durant as uh, all NBA second team for the playoffs. Power forward, I have John Collins. John Collins really came came to form in uh in the series against the Bucks and actually against against the Knicks. He was he he outplayed there was a lot of games where John Collins outplayed Giannis and there was a, a lot of game well most of the series he outplayed Julius Randle. One player won sixth man of the year in all NBA uh in fact one player won sixth man of the year and no, most improved and was an all-NBA player. The other one, Giannis, is an all-NBA player and an all-defensive player. And John Collins had a couple games where he outplayed both of them sometimes. So, um, John Collins was was great. John Collins, he brought the energy. You know, his shot got, has has got a lot has gotten a lot better since he came into the league. And yeah, man, I, I, John Collins was a big. Re- While yes, Trey Young was. To me, the the most important re- and like the biggest reason why the Hawks got as far as they did, John Collins was pretty much like one B because of his energy, his his ability to to you know finish around the rim, his his athleticism was was just seeping out. So I have John Collins at the power four position for my All NBA second team. All in and, and and the center, I have Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid played incredible. Now I understand he missed a couple games. Well, he missed a game or two against the the Wizards, and of course he wasn't one hundred percent healthy going against the Atlanta Hawks. However, if you look at that series, Joel Embiid balled out. It was just, I'm not gonna kill. Yeah, I'm gonna say it was just Ben Simmons was a big reason why they didn't win. And of course, uh, players just stopped making shots. 
and they lost big leads. But um, Joel Embiid played incredible. And Joel Embiid was still arguably, you know, he played like he was the first or second best center in the league this year. And, again, if it wasn't for other players around him, I think that they had enough to they had enough to honestly win the championship. It's just, you know, things just didn't go the way it was supposed to go. But Joel Embiid did play incredible. So my all-NBA playoff second team is Trey Young, Dan, uh, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, John Collins, and Joel Embiid. So my all-NBA uh, playoff first team at the point guard position, I have Chris Paul. I mean, again, that that shouldn't that shouldn't go with, like that shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, thirty six years old, leading a team to the NBA Finals. Um, he had what forty one when he had thirty one first first game of the finals, thirty one in the closeout game against uh, the the um, the Clippers. Yeah, man, and and of course we we always uh, rave about his play, uh, turnover to assist ratio. Even though he did have six turnovers last game, I, I you know I just think you, you're always bound for a bad game, and even his bad game was still pretty good. He had like twenty twenty one twenty two or something like that. Um, but Chris Paul has been the heart and soul of this Clippers, I mean, of this uh, Suns team that we're seeing in the finals. And he's been incredible. He's had big games every single series, uh, and whether it was against the Lakers, whether it was against the Clipper, I mean, the, the Nuggets, whether it was against the Clippers, and now we're seeing it against the Bucks. Um, so I have Chris Paul at the point guard position. At shooting guard position, I have Devin Booker. Everything I just said about Chris Paul, I'm saying about Devin Booker. Devin Booker recorded his first triple-double this playoffs against the Clippers. Uh, Devin Booker has, you know, I'm not going to go as far as, you know, people are saying, you know, they're kind of, people are pretty much comparing him to Kobe. I'm not saying he is in, in any stretch of the imagination. But I will say that Devin Booker, as you can see, he has Kobe mentality. He has the mindset that Kobe goes into, as in, hey, I'm going to shoot. I'm gonna, uh, hey, every shot I take, I think it's gonna, I'm going to make it. He also, But he he played. One thing that Devin Booker does that makes him special is, while, yes, he will take his shots, he'll get his shots, he doesn't really take bad shots. That's, a, that's the thing that kind of makes him different from Kobe. Kobe took a lot of bad shots. The thing, though... Kobe was the best bad shot maker of all time. Kobe made, took some bad shots like, dog, what the hell are you doing? But then he'll he'll make it. Kobe was the best bad shot maker ever. Devin Booker doesn't take a lot of bad shots. He takes a lot of shots in rhythm. He t- he takes what the defense gives him, and he looks up and he's like, oh, shit, he got 30, 32 points. Like, Devin Booker has been great. So that's why I have him as my second, uh, my my shooting guard for the All-NBA playoff first team my small forward to have paul george again i i am i i tell the truth about paul george as far as he's an incredible talent i don't kill him as much as people kill him but i don't praise him as much as i think he does he thinks he needs to be praised like paul george is an incredible player in the regular season he's a top 10 player you never know what you're going to get from him in the playoffs however paul george stepped up big time against the uh, you know, actually, he stepped up big time with with Kawhi Leonard going out. He stepped up big. I think had his first forty point game for the Clippers in the playoffs. Uh, in fact, I think he had his first forty point game since Indiana with Kawhi Leonard being out. He carried them past the Utah Jazz, and he almost carried them past the 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 Suns. Paul George was incredible, and. Well, he may not have had the most efficient scoring nights, he was important, and he not only was he important on the offensive side of the ball, but definitely on the defensive side of the ball. And Paul George played like a superstar. And that was kind of the most frustrating thing because it's like, bro, we know you have it in you. What are you doing? And the fact that he brought out himself, you know, that was that was incredible to me. So 
I have Paul George as my small forward for the All-NBA playoff first team. I have Giannis as the power forward. Giannis has been incredible. Giannis went crazy against the Bucks. I mean, no, against the, uh, the Sun. No, what the heck? Against the Atlanta Hawks. Giannis is Giannis is John. Giannis is different, man. Giannis, his, you know, you know, the thing that surprises me most about Giannis is his deficiencies don't hold him back as much as they should. Giannis can't shoot to save his life. Giannis can't hit free throws. Yet and still, he still goes out and gives you 42 or gives you 38 or gives you games like that. Even with him not being able to shoot, the fact that Giannis, Hell, we remember what he was going back-to-back against KD and the Brooklyn Nets. Like, his deficiencies does does not hold him back as much as it should. And I think that right there is a testament to just how great he is and how great he's been. So I have Giannis as my power forward position. In my center position, I have DeAndre Ayton. The reason why I have DeAndre Ayton uh, as my all NBA playoff first team instead of like second or third is because of who he had to go against. He's outplayed Nikola Jokic, who of course won the MVP this year. Um, he had to go up against whoever, well, he was pretty much eaten against the Lakers and he's, he's outplaying Brooke Lopez. Now, a lot of people like Brooke Lopez and I, I understand, but Brooke Lopez, he was, he's, he's a good player. Um, but DeAndre Aiden, he's been the anch- he's been like an anchor for the the Suns. And while you had while he hasn't been better than, of course, Chris Paul, he hasn't been better than Devin Booker. Um, he has been important with the rim protection and the the offense that he's given the Suns. And the Suns would not be where they are if it wasn't for De- uh Of course, if it wasn't for Devin Booker, if it wasn't for Chris Paul, but they also wouldn't be where they are if it wasn't for the improvement that we're seeing out of DeAndre Aiden. So my all-NBA playoff first team is Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Paul George, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and DeAndre Aiden. Again, if you those, those are my all-NBA playoff teams. If you agree, let me know. We can talk about it. If you don't agree, who did I leave in? Who did I leave out? Uh, who would you, where would you have put some of these players? Hey, I, I would love to talk about it. Let's, let's talk about it, man. And let's move forward. People ask, what are dynasties? To me, dynasties aren't always winning. Now, of course, you do have to win in a dynasty. But dynasties aren't always, oh, they won six straight or they won four of the last five. Or You know, dynasties aren't always winning at all. Even though that, of course, is the goal. Dynasties don't always win. Like the Golden State Wars. The Golden State Wars had a dynasty from 2015 Till probably 2000 and what? 2019. And the only reason why they lost 2019 because of the injury. Hell, the, one of the biggest reasons why they lost in 2005, no, 2016 was because of injuries. Of course, you had the suspension with Draymond Green, but people forget. Bogut got injured, was out the series. Andre Iguodala was injured, got out the series. Um, or Andre, was, Andre Iguodala was injured and missed a couple games. You know, that just because they didn't win from 2014 to 2019 doesn't mean they didn't have a dynasty. And of course, we'll wait to see next year with, of course, Clay Thompson coming back healthy, uh, Draymond Green coming back, Clay Thompson, I mean, no, uh, Steph Curry coming back. Of course, we'll see what happened with James Wiseman. If, if Andrew Wiggins stayed, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. But right now, it looks like the dynasty may probably be over. However, they had a dynasty from 2014 to 2019. The, 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 the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat had a dynasty when LeBron James was there. They had a, what, two, three-year dynasty? Because, I mean, it was, let me, let me say four, three years. Three-year dynasty. Four years. Four years. Four years. They lost to the they lost to Dallas. They won two straight. Then they lost to the um to the Spurs. They had a four year dynasty. At Alabama football, they, their dynasty is everlasting. Their dynasty has been there probably since Nick Saban got on board. What I'm saying is 
dynasties, you don't always win, but if you're close to the top, near the top, or if you're projected to win and maybe fall a little bit short, it doesn't mean the dynasty's over. What am I talking about? The Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup, their second straight Stanley Cup, and their first or their third Stanley Cup since 2005. While they didn't win from 2005 to what, 2020? They've been close, or whether it was an injury away, or whether it was maybe poor coaching and a, and a coaching change, they've been at the top or close to the top since 2005. Now, of course, like I said, they won in 2005. Uh, they had maybe a couple bad seasons in the time, but they've won three Stanley Cups in a span of what, 2005, 2021, that's what, 16, 16 years. Three, they are teams. Hell, look at the Washington Nationals. No, Washington uh, Capitals. I'm sorry. Look at the Washington Capitals. They only won one in their entire lineage. There are teams that have not even sniffed a Stanley Cup championship. And the Tampa Bay Lightning have won three in 16 years. And have been close to the top or damn near at the top in between 2005 and 2020. Again, I'm not saying that they're the greatest team ever. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that. And shouts out to the Montreal Canadiens for, of course, making it to the Stanley Cup. Now, you did get, what, you did lose, what, 4-1. But you made it, so shouts out to y'all. But... Tampa, and, and it's funny because you wouldn't think that Tampa Bay would be a place. You know, you're starting to see in sports, there are places where they might dominate that you wouldn't expect. Like, nobody would expect the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning to be as good as they are, seeing as though Tampa Bay is a hot place. Like, it's Florida. Nobody would expect Florida to have a good hockey team. Nobody, we remember, people forget, of course, because the We Believe era and, of course, the Steph Curry era. Nobody forget, Golden State was god-awful, like, like beyond watchable. Like, they they couldn't, you, boy, you you have to pay people. You have to pay people to watch them play. That's how bad Golden State used to be. And now people look at Golden State as, you know, this this winning culture. But they, it's very – it's they haven't been that for a while. Or before the We Believe, before Steph Curry, they really weren't that at all. Hell, look at the – look at the – look at the Suns and the Bucks. The Suns haven't been to the NBA Finals since 1993, and that was because they had Charles Barkley. The Bucks haven't been to the NBA Finals since 1990, 1974, and that's when they had Lou Alcindor. For people don't know, that don't know who Lou Alcindor is, that is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar before he, he converted to Muslim or yeah, Muslim or com- converted to Muslim, whatever it is, and changed his name. The Tampa Bay Lightning have they've been good since pretty much you know they've been good since 2005 when they won their first Stanley Cup and now you're sit we're sitting here 2021 and they have won their third now second this is, and again this is their second straight so shouts out to the Tampa Bay Lightning <clears throat> and you know what makes them a dynasty also outside of the winning is because they're doing it right they have a, a perfect blend of young players. They have a perfect blend of veterans. They have really good coaching staff. Their GM is really good, and they really know how to work the draft. They really know how to work their prospects. They're just doing everything right. And, hell, there's a reason why. Now, of course, when you win a championship, usually when you look at the you know early projections of next season, they usually have you either top one or two out of respect because you just won the Stanley Cup. However, they have Tampa Bay at the top, and nobody's really surprised at that because of they still have arguably one of they. I think they have probably three players that you can argue are top ten players in in all of hockey. 
And those players are also young. So it's not just winning. You have there's a lot that goes into a dynasty. You have to get the coaching right. You have to get the players right. You have to get the GM right. You may have to be on the right side of injury of injury history or injury luck. And the Tampa Bay Light, the Tampa Bay Lightning have done that, like have exceeded expectations. So again, shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the se- for winning their second straight uh, Stanley Cup and the third since 2005. Shouts out to y'all. Move forward. So, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, they were scheduled to fight 2000. They were scheduled to fight July 24th, which is in about two, two, three weeks. Um, However, the fight now is going to be postponed due to a COVID outbreak, uh, a COVID outbreak in Tyson Fury's camp. Here's a couple. There's a couple reasons why that's a little sketchy to me. One, because if the fighter doesn't have Tyson Fury, they they've come out and say Tyson Fury doesn't have um, doesn't have COVID. So if Tyson Fury doesn't have COVID, neither does Deontay Wilder. Why are you then cancel or postponing the fight? If if Tyson Fury doesn't have COVID, if his trainer doesn't have COVID, why are you postponing the fight? Also, also, there's already been reports saying, of course we know that the 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 original fight was supposed to be between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. And of course, because Tyson, uh, Deontay Wilder was able to, you know, apply for a third fight or whatever like that, his 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 application, I guess, was approved. And now it was supposed to be Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Again, I'm not saying that anyone's running from anyone. Hell, Tyson Fury won the last fight. But it just doesn't make sense to me that if the fighter doesn't have COVID, why is the fight now being postponed? I understand if Tyson Fury had COVID. I get that. I'm like, all right, COVID ain't nothing to play with. Even if you don't have symptoms, even if you're completely vaccinated, COVID ain't nothing to play with. Hell, it's taking out damn near 600,000 or more people. But if the fighter or the trainer doesn't have COVID, why is the fight being postponed? The people that have COVID, yo, go go home, bro. Take Get away from us. For right now, go quarantine. Do what you gotta do. Get healthy. We love you. Just get out my. Just just get out the vicinity because you're not. We're not trying to get COVID. I get that, but again, Tyson Fury doesn't have COVID. From at least from what the reports have said, his trainers don't have like his his main trainers don't have COVID. From what the report says, so why is the fight being postponed? Deontay Wilder and nobody in his camp, from what we've been reported, has COVID. So what's going on here? So look, I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not here. Shouts out to Eric Lyons because you know he's he's a little more uh, he's a little more uh, untamed than me when it comes to the boxing. He said that Tyson Fury is ducking Wilder. Now I'm not here to say that. I don't know as much about boxing than he does. Of course, go check him out on the Electrified Podcast. I'm not here to say. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to say he's ducking anybody. Hell, he just won the last fight. All I'm saying is it's a little it's a little iffy to me that the person that's supposed to be fighting and the main trainer trainers do not have COVID. Neither does Deontay Wilder in his camp yet. And still the fights being postponed. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know if they've come out with a new date, but it's more than likely looking like July 24th is not happening. So which gives, of course, Fury more time to train, Wilder, I guess, more time to train. But it, it just, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me, but it is what it is. Moving forward, and lastly, shouts out to a phenom, man. <laughs> shouts out to Zayla Avant uh, Garday, uh, fourteen years. Actually, I don't know if she's fourteen or thirteen. I'm gonna say fourteen because. Re- Sports in them said 13, but everybody else saying 14. So I'm going to go with 14. 14 year old Phenom, man. She won the Spelling Bee, uh, the 19 or 900 and whatever, or 93rd Spelling Bee or whatever. 
Shout out to her, man. You know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. She, like I said, became the first African-American to ever win the spelling bee. And I don't know, but I, I kind of like it when the first African-American to do something good is, is a black woman. Because we know how, you know, people like to marginalize black women. We know how people like to uh, kind of throw black women under the rug or kind of like just discard black women altogether. Like they're not like the most powerful people in the world. And the fact that Zayla, which if I'm, I'm, I'm probably pronouncing your name wrong. I apologize, young, young queen. I apologize. But the fact that Zayla not only is a spelling, a spelling genius, but she holds three records in the Guinness Book of World Records. And apparently she's like a young goat in basketball. Like, I love that for her, man. I love, you know, me and a friend of mine, again, we looked up the meaning of her name. I think the meaning of her name is like young genius or something like that. Go look it up. Go look it up. Zayla Avant uh, Garday. Oh, yeah. Gar yeah, Garday, whatever. Her name means like young genius or no, young phenom or something like that. So shouts out to her, man. Shouts out for being the first black African-American person to win uh, the spelling bee. Shouts out for her for being a young goat in in basketball. Uh, apparently she, you know, she's smart as hell, man. I was watching interviews with her before, you know, for prepping this, prepping this episode. And she is definitely, well, of course, if you win a spelling bee, you're, I mean, you're, you're in a different class there. But she's like a real head of her time when you hear her speak and everything. And, of course, what she's doing on the basketball court and everything. So, shouts out to her. For people that don't know, you know, I won a spelling bee back in my day. <laughs> when I was in middle school, I won a spelling bee. Now, I didn't win a spelling bee because I can spell. Because the people that know me know I can't spell to save my life. I won the spelling bee because, like, they were giving me um, words like, uh, I don't know, spell uh, education. Like, they were giving me that type of word. And then the person next to me was getting, like, prestidigitation and, and scoliosis or something like that. Like, they were, people around me were getting dropped, were dropping off left and right. And every time it got to me, it was, like, spell Nike or something like that. I'm like, oh. So I definitely walked home with my little trophy and my spelling bee winner with pride because I lasted longer than them. It wasn't because I could spell prestidigitation or, or xenophobe. It was because I knew how to spell Nike education. I knew how to spell communication and they couldn't spell the hardest words in the world. That's not that has nothing to do with Zyla because or yeah, Zyla. Zyla, because she can spell, she can spell better than anyone in this world. So, shouts out to her, and shouts out for being the first African American to win the spelling bee, and also shouts out to, for holding three records in the Guinness Book of World Records, and shouts out for being a young goat on the basketball court. I know we've all seen at the point her basketball highlights getting getting thrown around here. So, shouts out to her, man. But there, that ha that. That is it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, long sleeve, sweater, hoodie, uh, joggers, the link is in the description below. Hey, man, I know. Hey, hey, I know I look fresh in my Unpopular Podcast merch. I want you to match my freshness, you know? So go get you. And, and, and these look these aren't the only colors the colors that you see me wear they're not the only colors that we have on the website go to the website click on an item once you click on it you can see a different colors go do that go do that go do that also please subscribe to the youtube channel i'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers so anything would help hey man play your part even if you've already subscribed tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe and all those friends in between, y'all subscribe too. It'll help me a lot to get to a thousand subscribers. Uh, again, I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And until next time, much love. Don't get murdered. Lurking, huh? Like, rather get flipped and go flip.
that curb, I cannot be perturbed, I live by every word, I put this on my verse, I know my mama proud, these haters wanna down me, please, it's not what you think, I could be gone in the blink, I don't wanna leave, yeah, it's not what you thought, we dying broke a live with broken hearts, Made it out, don't make shit for the masses. Winning traffic. No, you can't be giving out no passes. Fuck a mansion. X when I'ma move to Malibu or Calabasas. I can't never do it, I'm too active. She attractive. But she plastic, I can't get with that shit. She the baddest, but out here doing bad. How that happen? Yes, he rapping, but he ain't got no bag. How that happen? Yes, I'm cracking, but hard to understand how it it's not what you think. I could be gone in the blink, I don't wanna leave. Yeah. It's not what you thought. We dying broke a live with broken hearts. Let's go. Blow it with a beam.